Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. An airplane hit the runway and it abruptly stopped. After a brief pause, it turns around and heads back to the gate. An hour later, the plane finally takes off and just as it gets above the cloud line, the flight attendants come out and the passenger asks, well, what happened? Why did we stop? The flight attendant explained, well, the pilot was bothered by a noise that he heard in the engine, so it took us a while to find another pilot. (laughs) There's something inside me that wants to know, is anybody flying this thing, and are they competent? Have you ever looked at your life and wondered, well, why? Why did that happen? Is there really a loving God who oversees my life? And if so, does he know what he's doing? Because I'm not seeing it right now. We're teaching through the book in the Bible of Daniel, and today we get to Daniel chapter 11. We're going to look at the first part of this chapter, and keep in mind, the book of Daniel, this is 2,500 years old. It was written to people who were living in exile. So here's the context. The people to whom this was originally written, their homes had been burned to the ground. They'd been kicked out of their neighborhoods. Uh, Enemy nation came, conquered them, and deported them to a foreign land. That was their reality. And so they're, they're sitting in those dumps and they're thinking, God, why? My life is not what I want it to be. Why is this happening? Is there a plan? Is anyone flying this thing? The major book, major theme, if you pick one theme in the whole book of Daniel, major theme, it's this one. God saying, yes, 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 yes. The theological word for this is sovereignty. We saw it back in chapter 3. The king threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, but God kept them safe. We saw it in chapter 5. looked like the Babylonian army was invincible, but the handwriting was on the wall. We saw this in chapter 6. Daniel, he gets thrown into a den of lions, but God protected him. And we saw this in chapter 7 and chapter 8 and chapter 9 and chapter 10. Beasts and rams and goats and kingdoms. Visions of the future. But the Lord, he's saying, the Lord, I'm flying the plane. I got this. I know what I'm doing. Daniel puts it this way in chapter 4, verse 34. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth 
No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? God is large and in charge. He's sovereign. He rules. He's got a plan. He's flying the plane. Well, Daniel chapter 11, this chapter is rather confusing. Feels like I've been saying that about every chapter lately, but but it's true. So if you get lost in this chapter, just remember one word. That word is this, sovereignty. Daniel 11 is a prophecy about something that's going to happen in the future. It's showing that God, he can reveal the future because he knows the future, because he is in charge of the future. So this This was prophecy for them. It hadn't happened yet, but for us, this is history. We look back and see how this was fulfilled. So let's dig in. Warning. Next five minutes might feel like they're going a little slow. I'm aware of that. It's going somewhere. Verse 2. Three more kings will arise in Persia, and then a fourth who will be far richer than all the others. When he has gained power by his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. History gives us the name of this fourth Persian king who invaded Greece. It's Xerxes, same king that was ruling during the days of Esther. Verse 3, then a mighty king will arise who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. Remember, this hadn't happened yet. This is a prophecy. We can look back and see this was fulfilled through Alexander the Great. He conquered Persia, and in eight years, he accomplished the most sweeping military conquest in all of human history, but he died young without an heir. Next verse, verse 4. After he has arisen, his empire will be broken up and parceled out toward the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants. The four winds. History records Alexander's empire, well, it was divided. He didn't have any heirs, so it was divided amongst his four generals this way. The brown section, that's Macedonia and Greece. That was controlled by General Cassander. Green section, that's Asia Minor. It was under the authority of General Lysimachus. The red section, that's Egypt and Israel. It was ruled by General Ptolemy. And the big yellow section, that was ruled by General Seleucus. The next 30 verses in Daniel chapter 11 focus on two of these kingdoms, the southern kingdom, which is the red section, and then the yellow section, which is the northern kingdom. So next few verses, there's going to be a lot of back and forth between the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. Verse 6. After some years, they, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north and make an alliance, but she will not retain her power, and his power will not last. In those days, she will be betrayed, together with her royal escort and her father and the one who supported her. Well, years later, this actually happened. The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom proposed an alliance, and they sealed this alliance by having Bernice, who was a princess of the southern kingdom, marry Antiochus, the king of the northern kingdom. Here comes the drama. Antiochus was already married. So his wife wasn't too happy about this. His wife, whose name was Lotus, she did something 
along the lines of this billboard. I'll read it for you. Dear Stephen, do I have your attention now? I know about all her, your dirty, sneaky, immoral, unfaithful, bleepity bleep. Need a little editing there. Goes on and says, everything's caught on tape. Your soon-to-be ex-wife, Emily. P.S. I paid for this billboard from our joint bank account. (laughs) We see this and we know somebody is angry. That's the same thing that's happening here in this prophecy in Daniel chapter 11. Same thing with Laodice. Laodice, she didn't put up a billboard. She did something worse. She had this new wife and this new wife's little baby son assassinated. And then shortly after, the king himself dies of poisoning. Hmm, I wonder who that could have been. Are these prophecies maybe at least a little bit more interesting than you thought they might be? See what's happening. After all this betrayal, after all these killings, after all this assassination, these two kingdoms, well, they don't get along with one another. Right? Surprise, surprise. Continues. See what happens next. Verse 7. One from her family line will arise and take her place. He will attack the forces of the king of the north and enter his fortress. That's Ptolemy Third, the kingdom of the south, and also the brother of Princess Bernice who got killed. Well, he's getting revenge, and so he leads an attack to avenge her death. Verse 9. Then the king of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south but will retreat to his own country. His sons will prepare for war and assemble a great army which will sweep on like an irresistible flood and carry the battle as far as his fortress. A few years later, this happened. The northern kingdom grew stronger under the rule of Antiochus III. They attacked the south. Verse 11, the king of the south will march out in a rage and fight against the king of the north, will raise a large army, but it will be defeated. So the south gained the upper hand. There's a historical battle by the name of the Battle of Raphim. Not over, verse 13. For the king of the north will muster another army larger than the first. And after several years, he will advance. So that that happened historically. Verses 13 through 16 go on. They predict the defeat of this southern kingdom and the land of Israel being captured and taken by the north. And that was historically fulfilled through the ruler Antiochus the Great. Then verses 17 through 19 depict the king of the north seeking to overtake the southern kingdom through marriage. That didn't work. In the year 195 BC, the northern kingdom was conquered and defeated by Rome. Next 20 verses or so are about this guy. Antiochus Epiphanes IV. More on him next time. For this week, it's enough to know this guy, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, was said to have killed 80,000 Israelites. All right, you made it through the history. Well done. And now maybe you're thinking, so what? What was, what's that all about? Why should I care? Why does that matter to me? Why is this stuff, why is it even in the Bible? Let me answer that this way. I have a friend who was on an airplane, and before the plane took off, the pilot steps out and he makes an announcement. 
He says, this is my final flight. After 28 years of flying, I'm retiring. And all the passengers, you know, they give a big round of applause. I say, that, that's nice. That's great. But have you ever wondered, have you ever seen, is there a, a pilot who would step out before the flight and say something like this? This is my very first flight. I've never flown a passenger plane before. I'm a little bit nervous, but I think I can pull it off. <laughs> would you want to be on that plane yeah, me neither. I, I wouldn't want to be there either because there's something inside of me that wants to know, is anyone flying this thing? And do they know what they are doing? The biblical book of Daniel. Here's a summary of the whole book. Bad stuff had happened. Then we get some prophecies saying more bad stuff is still going to happen. And so these people, they're wondering, well, hey, is anyone flying this thing? Is anyone flying the plane? Is anyone in charge here? Where's God? And does he know what he's doing? Do you have any of those kind of questions? Is there any turbulence in your life? Uh, unfavorable diagnosis? Or maybe a, the, the words, I, I don't love you anymore. Or a child who's making choices that you know is going to lead to a very painful path. Maybe your know, money's tight and then another thing breaks down. Maybe it's a miscarriage. Maybe someone you know is sick or dying. Maybe you've been manipulated. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you're wounded. You're wondering, is anyone flying this thing? And if so... Do they know what they're doing? Daniel chapter 11. This wasn't history for them. This stuff, it hadn't happened yet. It was prophecy. So here's what it is. This is God saying to them, I know. I know what has happened. And I know what's going to happen. And I care. Yes, I'm flying the plane. There's going to be a little turbulence ahead. Be aware, but I have a plan. I got a plan. Daniel 11 is showing us God's sovereignty doesn't mean that everything that happens is going to be good and is going to be happy and is going to be exactly the way that God wants. There are some things that have happened and there are some things that are still going to happen that aren't his desire. Well, why? There are several reasons for that. But one of them, remember, we talked about this one last week when we said, we have an enemy. There is a war. You will face opposition. Expect it. Count on it. There is one who is against God, and so he is also against us. He's opposing us. Well, that could be one reason. There are others. 
Here's another reason. Sometimes the opposition isn't because of anything out there. Sometimes it's because of something right in, well, in here. Something inside of, something inside of me. You know, there, there's some pain in my life. Well, some of it is because of my own bad. God gives me freedom. And I don't always follow his ways. The Bible calls that, says, well, that, that sin and says there's consequences that accompany sin. Here's another reason why, why it can get kind of bumpy. Sometimes the consequence of the sin isn't because of my own personal sin, but because sin is, is in this world, that it's here systemically, that it's part of our reality. Sometimes it's not because of me. Sovereignty. It doesn't mean that everything that happens happens because it's God's will and God's plan and God's desire in exactly the way that God wants it to. But sovereignty, it does mean this. God is bigger. He's bigger than the evil and he's bigger than the pain and he's bigger than the hurt and he's bigger than the sin. Our sovereign God, he hasn't left. Our sovereign God, he hasn't given up. He can work to bring some good even out of things that are bad. Want an example? Here, this, the cross. If there was ever a time in all of human history when it looked like God wasn't really sovereign, man, it was right then. It was when Jesus was on that cross. He, he left heaven, right? We celebrate this at Christmas and he came to earth and what happened? Well, they reject him. They, they crucify him. And we're thinking, well, how, why? He, he's on that cross. Where is God? Well, God, he, he's right there. Where? On the cross. He, he's the bleeding, beaten, dying one. I'd be thinking, what? Him? He doesn't look very sovereign. He doesn't look like he's winning. He looks like he's losing. Doesn't look like his plan is working. Looks like his plan is failing. But there was more to it. Acts chapter 3 gives us what was God's plan underneath all of that. Verse 14 says, You disown the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. God, he had a bigger plan all the time. And in chapter 4, we get this, verse 11. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. Read the rest of this with me. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The death of Jesus. Man, that looked like a horrible awful thing like God's plan wasn't working but what does God do he takes this great evil and he turns it around and brings forth a great 
good. You know what that is? That's sovereignty. God is good like that. God is sovereign like that. That doesn't mean there's no evil. Doesn't mean there's no pain. Doesn't mean life is never going to be hard or we're never going to be experiencing turbulence. Doesn't mean that it's all good. It means this. It means someone is flying this plane and he is competent. Sovereignty means God is bigger and he's stronger and he's wiser and he limits evil and he is at work for good when we can see it and even when we can't. Daniel chapter 11. This is the most detailed prophecy in the entire Bible. You know, a couple of things here. One, this can be really inspiring to look at Daniel 11 and see how everything that God said was going to happen, it all happened. All these little intricate details. It's amazing when you look at how history played this out. But the other thing, don't get lost in all of this prophetic detail. Here, what God is saying in Daniel chapter 11, again and again and again and again, there's one very consistent theme woven in here. I'm going to show it to you. Verse 24. He will plot the overthrow of the fortresses, but only for a time. But only for a time. Why? Because someone is flying the plane. It's in here again. Verse 27. The two kings, with their hearts bent on evil, will sit at the same table and lie to each other, but to no avail, because an end will still come at the appointed time. Saying these evil kings, they got some power, they got some influence, but only for a time, because someone is flying this plane. It's in here again, verse 29. At the appointed time. He will invade the south again, saying there is an appointed time. Why? Because someone really is flying this plane. And just in case you still haven't got it and have missed it every single time up to this point in time, it's in here again. Look at this, verse 35. Some of the wise will stumble so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time time. God is saying someone really is flying the plane. God's sovereignty, it doesn't mean that life is never going to hurt. God's sovereignty means God made this world and he still rules this world. It means God loves you and he's not going to abandon you. It means there is sin and there is pain and there is turbulence, but God, He is still good. His plan for your life is not going to be ruined by a few bad decisions. He can bring good out of bad. He can bring joy out of pain. He can bring blessing out of grief. He can bring, He can bring resurrection out of crucifixion. He's sovereign like that. The biblical book of Daniel, originally written 25 
hundred years ago to God-honoring people. You think that your life is hard. These guys, their houses had been burned down to the ground. They got no place to go. A foreign enemy came in, conquered their land, and then deported them. They had to leave and go do life in another country. And then God shows up and through the prophets, gives them prophecy saying, wars are still coming. Tyrants are still coming. Betrayals are still coming. And they got to be thinking, why? Why is this happening? What's the point? What's God saying? Well, here's what God is saying through Daniel 11 to them. And I think it's what he's still saying today to us. He's saying, buckle up. Buckle up. God is flying the plane, but there's going to be a little bit of turbulence. There's, he, he's flying the plane. He's got a plan, but it might get a little bumpy. Maybe you're, you're here and you're thinking, okay, Mike, you know, I could, I could get there. I could believe that there's a God. I could believe that he's good. I could believe that, that he's got a plan. But here's what's happening in my life. My life right now, there, there's some turbulence. And, and here's what I want to know. What's the plan? What's the plan? Show me the plan. Tell me the plan. And in Daniel chapter 11, God is saying, okay, I'll show you the plan. Here's the plan. The plan is this. The plan is... Trust me. Shucks. I was hoping for a little more detail. You know, here's here's how it works in my life. In the moment, I often don't understand. In the moment, I often don't see what God's plan is. In the moment... It's trust. In the moment, it's faith. I can often look back. And when I look back, I can be like, oh, okay, now I see it. When I look back, I can say, now I get it. I didn't get it then, but I get it. Well, I get it now. Daniel chapter 11. That's what it is. It's saying God who was faithful to you yesterday, he is still going to be faithful to you tomorrow. Daniel 11. God is flying the plane and he knows what he's doing. He's bigger than our challenges. He's stronger than our adversaries. He's greater than than our challenges. God, he's sovereign. He has a plan. What's his plan? In Daniel chapter 11, he's saying, okay, here it is. Here's the plan. The plan is, trust me. Trust me. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the director of discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. 
This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to, to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday. And we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.